Sword and Laser, episode number 169. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. And this is a science fiction and fantasy podcast, book club, video show, and upcoming book anthology, um, where we wow. read a book of the month, and then we discuss it with you guys over in the forums over on Goodreads, take your emails, take your voicemails, all sorts of good stuff. So we're an audio podcast. We're a video that. podcast. Yeah, yes. We're an online book club. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're the largest. Are we still the largest, Goodreads? Um, one, of, one of for sure uh, we are way up there i think we're like the second largest. or third yeah um we are uh, a publisher because we have the anthology coming out mm-hmm. we are a circus uh we are a multinational corporation we we're an oil driller circus <laughs> a cruelty free cruelty free oil driller mm-hmm. okay maybe the circus and the oil don't wow we're a lot of things i know it's fun we're like a little i, I like it's like a mini super organization now these days a podcast conglomerate yes <laughs> what started as a simple ning book club has grown oh ning too soon too soon that's, is it still around that's funny to like six people out there i know this is we're really we're getting you pretty specific six. in the humor six are yeah. laughing it up like like terp christens like haha ning oh ning <laughs> hey so speaking of ning drinking rhymes with it it does uh we are both drinking the same thing uh this week which is very unusual it doesn't normally happen that way um but we picked a good one we picked a good one we are drinking a bullet whiskey um i'm drinking just regular bourbon uh not a rye this time around what about you bullet green label is the rye i'm drinking the orange label no no, Uh, then i am drinking the rye oh you're drinking the rye i have both and you're right and i am drinking the green label i just didn't bother interesting okay yeah so you're you got the rye and i've got the i've got the bourbon bourbon uh, it's actually Eileen's. She really likes Bullet, so oh. don't tell her I stole some. Okay, I finished. I killed this bottle. This is my. Own did bottle. you really? I Dead did. soldier. Nice. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good bourbon. Good. You know, and you can get it at like Trader Joe's and places like that. So it's not. It's more expensive than like Jim Beam or Ten High. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> but, not, it's not super fancy, but it's. But it's, it's, it's not like crazy expensive. You you'll find some like craft bourbons out there. They're ridiculous. It's not like Pappy, you know. It's like Ooh, or Hooker. Mm, tasty bourbons. But anyway, uh, I am painkiller free today, so I am allowed to enjoy an adult beverage. <laughs> You're allowed to have your own painkiller. Yes, separate. Not the cocktail, the painkiller, uh, just a regular bourbon. But anyway, let's uh, move on to the first part of our show, the official first part of our show, which is called The Quick Burns. Boing Boing's Cory Doctorow posted amazing stories relaunching today, April 1st. Uh, you know, amazing stories very famous as the anthology magazine where you could find some of the best science fiction authors ever and fantasy authors for that matter uh, have been published in there. They've tried to make a couple comebacks in the 21st century and hasn't stuck. So this is their next attempt. If you go to amazingstoriesmag.com over the course of April, they're going to publish a different amount of fiction and features interview with Andy Weir of the, who wrote, wrote the Martian for instance. Uh, so it's actually their 88th birthday today. Today, I know. It's so, so awesome. Welcome back, Amazing Stories. That's awesome. It's very cool. And in case you guys missed it, um, we've mentioned on the show a few times, but they relaunched their website uh, last year, I believe, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been a lot of great blog content over there by all sorts of like well-known authors. There's been reviews, interviews, um, discussion forums. So if you're, if you're a fan of this show, you'd probably also be a really big fan of the AmazingStoriesMag.com website. Um, so check that one out. Out too. 
Now, I update the Sword and Laser calendar at swordandlaser.com slash calendar. Uh, I try to find hard covers. I don't necessarily look at all the paperbacks, which sucks because I miss some really good authors sometimes that way. So I rely on you guys. I know somebody put in all the Orbit releases in the Goodreads thread about nice. the calendar. Thank you so much for that. Um, but uh, it seems like all the October 7th releases got announced this past week. But there are a couple of big books that got announced that aren't coming on October 7th. Uh, for instance, The Peripheral by William Gibson. Cory Doctor will blog this as well over at Boing Boing. It is up for pre-order now on Amazon. It's coming out October 28th. Yeah, and Corey's actually been beta reading it. Um, and apparently he says that it's it's just absolutely spectacular. Those are his words. Um, and so he he goes on to say it features all the eyeball kicks of Neuromancer and all the maturity and sly wit of Spook Country. Um, you know, so I really excited. liked Spook Country. I mean, I obviously like loved neuromancer it was our very first pick right Am i remember yeah. that was that our first one was it our first one no i don't think it was, it was our first one or one of our first three then it was it was yeah did was it i don't know if we ever officially read neuromancer yeah we did i'm gonna look go ahead talk amongst yourselves <laughs> talk amongst myself talk amongst yourself uh, I I loved Spook Country and 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 I love the classic classic you know the the original early William Gibson but the whole Spook Country the pattern recognition that that stuff has been amazing so the idea that we're going to get something new that's kind of the best of both I hope he's right okay so you're right we did read Neuromancer as an official pick it was I knew we read it, was it. number four it was number uh, four okay. yeah we went Golden Compass Ender's Game American Gods then Neuromancer. Uh, Golden Compass was the first one. Why do I always forget that? I feel like that was our third one. I remember one. we went to go see the movie yeah. with Roger and a bunch uh-huh. of other people, and everyone was really loud and obnoxious, and the movie was terrible. <laughs> remember that? Me and Roger were loud and obnoxious? That doesn't no, sound right. No, it was Roger and my friend JD were obnoxious during the movie. Oh, yeah, because they were scoffing. Because they were scoffing. Um, now, also, maybe coming out October 28th, because that's what Amazon says, but then maybe coming out November 4th, because that's what the official press release from Daw Books says. We are getting a new Patrick Rothfuss novella. It is in the King Killer Chronicles universe called The Slow Regard of Silent Things. Yes, according to the announcement, The Slow Regard of Silent <laughs> Things is set at the university, hi Django, uh, where the brightest minds work to unravel the mysteries of enlightened sciences such as artificing and alchemy. Ori, a former student and a secondary but influential character from Rothfuss's earlier novels, now lives alone beneath the sprawling campus in a maze of ancient and abandoned passageways. There in the underthing, she feels her powers and learns to see the truths that science and her former classmates have overlooked. Ooh, so we get Ori's story. Yeah, it's Ori's story. That has, That's awesome. That has a good rhyming bit to it. Um, also, I'm <laughs> very curious to see how many people are like, why are you not writing the third book? Yeah, I mean... Finish the book! <laughs> <laughs> it gets a little George R. R. Martin at points, doesn't it? Um, oh, gosh. But you're getting an entire novella in the universe, which... I would assume, and of course we love Patrick, so we want to think the best, and we do think the best. I would assume this is a, t- a natural outgrowth of that third book's process. It's like, ooh, we need to like tell the whole story of Ari. I've got this whole idea. I'm going to put this out. So to me, I take this as a sign that this is essential. Maybe not like, oh, you can't enjoy the third book without it, but this is essential to a deeper understanding of the story that we're going to get in the third book. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm scrolling. That's what I'm telling myself. It's like every time I see a, a, a Facebook post that Pat does on, on Facebook, he it's like all the comments are like, stop posting on Facebook and write that third book. That's my, my troll, troll fan voice. Every time George R. R. Martin goes to the bathroom, people are like, stop going to the bathroom and write the book. <laughs> Speaking of George R. R. Martin, uh, he has posted an excerpt from The Winds of Winter. I'm not going to read it, uh, but it's up on his website. I totally read it. I don't want to read it. it. And then oh, I also, you're missing out. I don't care. I'm saving oh, it. I'm saving so myself. Good. And it's- then apparently... Apparently, according to io9 all hell breaks loose in that new winds of winter chapter and it's bad for Tyrion. and i don't want to know i don't oh, okay know. you know what i haven't read that there are two chapters this is what's confusing okay. uh on george's website there's a chapter uh that i'm not going to tell you who it's about because that is part of the fun of the chapter and yes it's kind of a spoiler in that you've now read this chapter and got the revelation at the end of the chapter but it doesn't spoil anything about the rest of what's going to happen in winds of winter it's very self-contained so i feel like and i totally respect what i all kidding aside i totally respect that like i don't want to know a thing before i crack open the winds of winter for the first time i think this is a really safe chapter if you don't want to be spoiled on the rest of winds of winter um but you want a little tantalizing bit of george r, r. martin that is new and there's the something Tyrion, different okay the Tyrion chapter is in the the app uh, the what? What's the name of that the app? A World of Ice and Fire. So if you go to the World of Ice and Fire app now, you you can read the Tyrion chapter, and that's where the one, I haven't read that one yet. I don't want to uh, do either. That's no oh, that's no fun. I guess I guess it is fun. I actually could say that that's the one that he put on his website. I meant to just kind of glance and get the gist of one morning, and I ended up reading the whole chapter. Like I could not stop. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, as long as you, as long as you promise it doesn't spoil the rest of the book. No. In fact, if anything, I mean, why would he do that? That would be. It's dumb, got some but... cool allusions to things you already know happened, mm-hmm. and you've got and some and and a little the tiniest spoiler is sort of the fulfillment of something you know is going to happen based on what happens in a Dance with Dragons, um, and and doesn't do anything to spoil like any. It, there's not any major plot development there. Okay. All right. Well, I'll take a look after the show, perhaps. I don't know. I'll see how I feel about it. All right. Uh, but moving on to uh, the laser side of the world, there's a great post on io9 by George Dvorsky. Um, Dvorsky? Dvorsky. Uh, Dvorsky, like Dvorak. Duh. 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 Um, it's, and it's all about why Isimov's Three Laws of Robotics can't... Asimov. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Sorry. I know. I don't know why I said Isimov anyway. You got me thinking in like weird accents now. <laughs> I Isaac don't even Asimov. know what accent that is. Um, they, uh, they did this great interview um, about the uh, laws of robotics, the actual four laws of robotics, because he did add right. another one after, after the fact. It's um, zero, one, two, three. Yeah. Right. And so uh, the paragraph that I kind of pulled out was, to learn if Asimov's three laws could help, we contacted two AI theorists who have given the subject considerable thought. Ben Gortzel, an AI theorist and chief scientist of financial prediction from AI, well, I can't say that, ADIA, A-I-D-Y-I-A Holdings. And Adia. Louis- yeah, sure. 
Nadia, and Louis Helm, the deputy director of the Machine Intelligence Research Institute, Miri, and executive edit editor of Rockstar Research Magazine. After speaking to them, it was clear that Asimov's laws are wholly inadequate for the task, and if we're to guarantee the safety of SAI, we're going to have to devise something entirely different. Yeah, these are people who are doing the pre-thinking about, okay, once we get AIs that are smarter than us, what do we do? And they're like, yeah, the three laws are great for fiction, but these things are not going to be practical. Mostly, I don't know if you got this from the article, but mostly it seems like because they're too vague. Right. Like, I mean, what is the definition of harm? What is the be, definition of human? They could be harming something and not even realize that it was harming something. It could be something that could harm down the line. It could be something that there are unknown consequences. Right. Um, so, yeah, the, the specifics of the laws are, are too vague to really do anything useful. And, and for plus, anyone who in the audience who doesn't know the laws by heart, which I imagine there are some of you, uh, the first law is a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction allow a human being to come to harm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So what is in what what constitutes an injury? What is harm? Uh, what what is in action? That may sound weird to like, well, inaction is not doing anything. But when you really have to think about this in a programmatic standpoint of developing a system of ethics for a new intelligence, those meanings may not mean the same thing to the AI that they mean to you. Think about how many misunderstandings you have with freaking Canadians or or Wait, people what? from England <laughs> about like, well, well, no, that's not how things work. Like if you've ever talked to someone, even from another state, sometimes you have misunderstandings about certain terms for things. So imagine an entirely different intelligence has been developed and it's like, oh, harm means not killing. Right. And so they just beat the crap out of you. No, that's not OK. We don't want them to do that. You want to have really like stringent uh, ethics built in. And what. And I won't go on on the second or third, but they basically say, you know, you, you, you can't harm a human and you must obey the orders unless it means harming a human and preserve your own existence. It gets really vague the farther down you go. But what they seem to be saying in this article is what you need to do is get the AI to develop an ethics itself because that's what we do. We right. kind of have an innate sense of what is ethical or not. And then we try to build rules around that. But rule-based Ethics will always have a weakness to it. And yeah, I mean, even that is totally fallible. I mean, there's just, there's just yeah. no way that for it to be a perfect system. So yeah, I mean, they're nice rules and all, but not going to help us too much during the robot uprising, I have a feeling. No. And, you know, I've always felt like, well, those rules aren't very programmatic for a computer, but I'm sure we could come up with something based on those. This article convinced me otherwise. They're like, actually, no, they're not. They're very good for a story, for fiction, but mm -hmm. they're not going to be very useful in AI. I thought that was really a fascinating article. Yeah, I'm glad they got that. The, those interviews are fantastic. So you guys should definitely, definitely check out the full post. It is very cool. All right. Well, should we jump into the calendar? Yes, uh, coming out today, April Fool's Day. No joke. But these are real books. <laughs> uh, Baltic Gambit, a novel of the vampire Earth by E.E. E. Knight. Peacemaker, a foreigner number 15 by C.J. Cherry. A new book from C.J. Cherry. Yay. Yes. Uh, Games, Creatures Play, an anthology edited by Charlene Harris and Tony L.P. Kellner. The Sentinel, one of the Sundering books. It's actually book five of that Sundering series by Troy Denning. This time, different author has each book in that series. The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Addison. Irenicon, book one of the Wave Trilogy. If you want to get into, at the start of a trilogy, here's your chance. Uh, by Aiden Hart. And The Revolutions by Felix Gilman. Yep. And on April 8th, next week, we have Turtle Recall, the Discworld Companion so far by Terry Pratchett. Stellas of the Sky, the Eternal Sky by Elizabeth Baer. 
Shipstar by Gregory Benford and Larry Niven. Valor and Vanity by Mary Robinette Cole. Yay. Yay. And, then, and then... Go ahead. Oh, do you want to take the April 15th? Yeah, you read more. That's tax day. Okay. April right. 15th, tax day. Uh, hopefully you're getting a refund and you can use it to buy books. We have The Severed Streets by Paul Cornell. Transhuman by Ben Bova. And Unwrapped Sky by... Rurik Davidson. Probably Rurik. Yeah. We're probably neither one of us saying it really the way it should be said. But that's that's kind of an all-star day because I've heard a lot of really good uh, things about the Rurik Davidson book and then Ben Bova and Paul Cornell. I mean. I sometimes I think Ben Bova's dead. (laughs) He's just transhuman. Okay. Why do I think that? that? His noon book. Um. I, I can't talk too loudly because I don't want him to hear me. You don't want his zombie corpse no. to hear you? Uh, he was born in 1932. So, okay. d- you know, I don't want to say. He's just been around say, a while. Okay. No, he's, he's you know, John W. Campbell Award winner, yeah. all that stuff. Hugo Award. I know. Not, yeah. I know. I'm just saying. Okay. Apparently no, I'm, still... I'm, not, I'm not jinxing it. Uh, maybe I'll edit this out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, what's going to happen. It could 16 be minutes in. <laughs> Veronica needs to bleep herself. Also, I swore. That's not what I was <laughs> You did that on out. purpose. I did so not that do that on purpose. You justify yourself for editing that it out. That was the bullet talking. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll leave it in because you guys like it when I make an ass of myself. Oop, bleep. Blurp, oh. blurp, blurp. Hey, TV, movies, and games. Veronica, look. Yeah, X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, I read a great article actually also on io9 this week about all the different like Marvel comics and DC comics and the different studios that own them and how all these like mega franchises are surviving and what one certain ones are doing right versus other ones that aren't doing so hot. And it's a really interesting article. So I was already kind of like had X-Men on the brain. Um, and then uh, Walter posted in the forums uh, a couple of trailers and says that it looks it looks pretty promising. What I'm most curious about is there's so many like there's so many timelines that don't match up in the x-men world at this point and like adding in like time travel and all this other stuff that's going on it's it's making it like super confusing but that is true to the way the comic book worlds have worked right Right. infinite earths and and all of this kind of time travel and everything so this is actually following as far as and i'm not I'm not going to pretend to be a big comic book nerd because as much as I like comics, there are nerds of orders of magnitude of knowledge more than I do. But I I think this is loosely based on an actual X-Men timeline that was published. Yeah, Um, I think – but I think it is different from the timeline. It always is, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. If you guys have any thoughts on that, let the us trailer, know. Feedback at look, swordandlaser.com. I, the first X-Men trailer for this for this X-Men Days of Future Past looked interesting, and I like the X-Men movies, so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll probably want to see that. But wow, this more recent trailer mm-hmm. looks amazing because they're throwing all the stars in your face. They're like, yeah, we got, well, yeah, we got Halle Berry, and, and we've got, uh, what's her name, you know, from uh, Hunger Games, and, uh, oh, here's Peter Dinklage. You know, what's Peter Dinklage? Jennifer Lawrence. Why couldn't I think of Jennifer Lawrence's name? I don't name? know. Anyway. She's my best friend. You should know uh, that. Yes, I know. Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, oh, they're in here. But we've also got the other, you know, the younger versions as well. They're just, it blew me away. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, typical i have some friends who watched it and are like eh, i don't know it still looks confusing so i don't know i i thought it looked amazing all right well good i well, also hold it in the diamond club movie draft 
Oh, so, oh, oh, wait a second here. So all this, all this positive X-Men Days of Future Past talking is really just Tom trying to boost up his, his, his movie fund, movie draft picks. Is this, is this what this is about? No, I think it looks like an amazing film that you should all go see. Also, Captain America coming out this week. Uh Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. interesting. You should go see that too. And Tammy and Sex Tape. Those are the four what movies. Is, I don't even know what Tammy is. What are you even picking? Tammy has Susan draft? Sarandon in it. It's going to be like the, uh, the, the modern day uh, Thelma and Louise. All right. All right. Well, I'll go, but not to help you. You were supposed to be on my team, and you won't even help me now. You bailed on me I didn't bail for the on draft, you. I had and a now prior you're engagement. turning against me. I had a prior engagement. Well, because I feel like if if I couldn't be with you, Tom, on this movie draft thing, you shouldn't have done it at all. Oh, I should, in, in your honor, so yeah. that you could go talk vaginal fantasy. I should have just bowed out of the movie just draft. Dropped out. Mm, yeah, I see. Solidarity. So Maybe I see. You I should see just move on to the book wrap. Fine. So we are wrapping up Altered Carbon uh, by Richard K. Morgan, which was our pick for March, and um, I I loved it. Did you? I did. I really liked it. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> because I actually really enjoyed it a lot, uh-huh. and I didn't like it the first. This is the second time I read it. All right, we talked about this on the, you on know, the last and- full episode. I, I, I want to go back to uh, me of 2006 and, and just like kick me in the face or something. Like mm. why? I gave it three stars on Goodreads. What's wrong with me? This is a great book. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I, you mentioned that in the last show and, and uh, I'm glad that you've come I'm around. laughing because usually I recommend a book to you and then you're like, Ugh, I didn't like it. That's and then this true. is a book where I was like, um, I don't know if you're going to like it. And you loved it. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was it was very uh, a very well written, interesting, pretty violent uh, take on on sci fi noir. Not for the kids, yes. Not not, not, <laughs> not one for the kids, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but I I thought it was very smart, and I thought it felt very realistic to what the future could hold. Um, I I like books like that uh, because I'm like I could see this a lot of this actually happening, and some people in the forum forum mentioned that perhaps one of the reason we liked it. A lot was because it did take place in the Bay Area, and that maybe yeah. some of that was, you know, kind of affecting. Although I lived in the it. Bay Area for seven years the first time I read it, and that didn't help me out then, so okay. I don't know. But like, I'm, I'm, I've been like house shopping in neighborhoods that are like destroyed <laughs> by the time this book takes <laughs> place. I was like, oh, maybe my property values won't stay stay too hot over there. Oh, that house is going to be located next to Jimmy's in the yeah. future, so. <laughs> Not, not buying that one. So I did. I did get a kick out of that. Um, but I did. I did. I, I, I did relate to a lot of what the people were saying in the forums about it. Kind of taking major leaps of intuition in certain parts of the story, mm. um, where sometimes Kovach. I'm trying to say it right. Um, Takeshi Kovach. Yeah, was you know he would make big intuitive leaps, and so sometimes that felt a little bit. Like That's that envoy to wrap training. Things though. up a little bit too easy. Yeah, but people still kind of took issue with with the way all mm. of that kind of came together, um, and so I could definitely definitely relate to that. But I thought you know especially with him speaking to his his clone in a sense and the conversations he was having and mm-hmm. just the way he interacted, I, I I just thought it was a lot of fun. Also, I really enjoyed, and I don't know why I didn't remember enjoying this as much the first time around, really enjoyed how he plays with the idea of what your identity means 
in the face of not being tied to a physical body mm-hmm. and how there are those people who've only been in one physical body who don't understand. And then even though he's been in hundreds Im- implied of different sleeves, he still like gets affected by the body that he's in at that time. Uh, and then and, and then on top of that, the layer of he has a physical attraction for Kristen Ortega, but only in that sleeve. And he's like kind of fond of her when he's in the in the ninja sleeve, but he's it's not the same. Even, he's almost even surprised. Yeah. Realizing that. With, and kind of sad, kind of wistful, isn't like, he? Oh, I don't have that same. That spark is kind of gone now. Like it's. Yeah. Like, down. oh, I, but I really liked her, but not in this sleeve. Not in this one. No yeah. Way. Um, it's really yeah, interesting. It does bring up a lot of very cool ideas about what it means to be a person and what it means to have a personality and how tied that is to our, our physical form. Uh, because, you know, we do put place so much importance on our, our physical self. And well, we what can't if we took that away. Right. We can't separate it no. as much as we'd like to think we can. And, and we're probably f- fairly good guessers about, well, that's probably from my physical you know, aspect. And that's from my mind. Mm -hmm. If you could actually take your mind out, then you would really know. You'd be like, Oh, that was totally just my body speaking. But we did, we can't know that. And I think I mentioned this in the last episode, but I liked the way he kind of addressed that whole idea, which was, you know, there have been self-help books written about this. There have been like talk show guests who are talking about, which of course there would be. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of what felt very um, true to me in a major way like you know how would people actually react to this in a modern society like what would they be talking about and they'd they'd be talking they'd be tweeting about their new sleeves they'd be (laughs) going on you know oprah and talking about you know i'm addicted to sleeve changes or whatever right right Um, a sleeve a week is too much how would you even afford that like that'd be crazy you must be a meth yeah so very very interesting stuff and we had um we had a lot of forum posts about this one too it was one of our our, a very divisive pick as usual and um we had one from what's the first one from Uh, michelle from michelle with overall impressions uh she thought that that uh there's too much smoking and she's, um, the, I, she's like, I'm a smoker, but even I thought this was way too which much. Which is funny because I've actually even noticed before that her profile picture has a cigarette. In it, yeah, which right. Is uncommon. I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay. Um, so that's, he that's does. He does really talk about the smoking a lot. It I'll, becomes. I think I don't know if I read it in in this thread or if it was just someplace. I don't remember where I heard about this, but you know, smoking does become kind of a crutch, especially in noir style books. Like it yeah. gives them something to do and something for them to write about. Um, so- I, I thought it was interesting at first the idea that oh, I'm addicted to cigarettes, but I haven't been. But because I have this sleeve that is, I'm going to try to get rid of it. And in the end, he does. Like, hey, I kicked the cigarette habit. Don't let him pick it up again. Um, but there's also a psychological aspect to it too. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like he really played with that part enough. He played with it a little bit, but yeah, I, I kind of tend to agree with Michelle that I was like, oh, okay, the smoking, that's fine. It didn't detract from the enjoyment of it, but could have been lessened and I wouldn't have missed it. She also didn't like the sex scenes too graphic. Um, they were very graphic. They were very argue. graphic. I mean, it was, it was borderline vaginal fantasy zone you guys gonna read that for no i don't think so i don't think it fits no but we had uh that's what she said um i knew you were gonna go for that (laughs) that's what she said um (laughs) phrasing phrasing why are we not doing phrasing anymore why is phrasing not a thing (laughs) 
uh, Archer references. Um, what was I talking about? Jesus. You're talking about the sex scenes. Michelle okay. was saying that they were, you know, they were pretty graphic. You know, but that was also something that popped up in Bobby Dollar. Another noir style. Yeah, that's I mean, true. that is just, you know, it seems to be it is indicative a bit, of, of that genre. Which is interesting because you go read Dashiell Hammett and Raymond Chandler, they, there's a lot of sex in the air, so to speak. Sexiness. But you, you don't really ever have a sex scene. Uh, and so I, it is interesting to be like, oh, the modern day noir goes, hey, those cultural binds are off. Let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's yeah. just, instead of thinking about it, let's just do the sex. Doing the sex. Um, so that's a great forum post. There's a lot of responses to that. Um, Bookshelf says it feels like a Philip K. Dick's short story expanded into a novel, mm. which is interesting. I, I definitely see his identification of some Philip K. Dick aspects of it. There'd be a lot more paranoia in Kovach if this was a Philip K. Dick novel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, feel, I don't feel personally it felt like a short story stretched into a novel. I, th- I think it had enough novelness. To it for probably lack of could have gotten on even I mean, there's so much in this world that probably could have gone on even longer. And he does have a series. He has sequels to this. Right. There are more Kovach adventures to come if you want them. There are absolutely much more. Um, so, yeah, that was good. And then also Bookshelf uh, brought up another forum topic. Um, when are you a new person? And they go on to say, the way stem, stem cell work is going, they will soon be able to replace or repair every type of human organ. Uh, replacing most parts really doesn't matter since the only thing that really make you you is your brain. As cell in your body die, they are replaced by new cells, so your brain was supposed to be the exception. Conventional medical wisdom held that your brain cells lasted a lifetime. Neurons in the cerebral cortex, for example, are not replaced when they die, so there will never be another you. Then about 10 years ago, they, they were working on Parkinson's disease and found that the adult brain does have the potential to repair itself. This is from Science Magazine. Um, at which point, replacing human brain cells, it went from impossible to maybe... Yeah. No, I was taught in school at some point. I don't know if it was junior high or maybe early high school that, yeah, if you destroyed a brain cell, it was never coming back. Right. Like if you hit your head on the desk or something. Or yeah. Like, like well, drinking. They that. usually use like, don't drink because drinking kills brain cells and you, you don't grow them back. Yeah. And uh, and they also told me Pluto was a planet. So they just lied to me a lot. Pluto is a planet. Never forget. It's a dwarf planet. Never forget. <laughs> never surrender. Never surrender. Never forget. Pluto is a planet. Maybe not scientifically, but it's a planet in my heart. That's a uh, plot of a Rick and Morty episode. I don't know what that is. That's a, an Adult Swim cartoon. I don't know that one. What? I know a cartoon that's hip and you don't? That Can't never happens. That hip. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, but anyway, uh, still lots of discussions going on about Altered Carbon. If you guys want to check it out, uh, over in the forums on goodreads.com. Yeah, where do I go to get that? It's not showing up on the front page what? anymore. Wow, because oh, no, it's, it's April 1st. It's, it already... it's April now. It got well, we should down. probably kick off our next books then. Let's do it. I'll let you explain this one. Okay, yeah. So this is our month of picks uh, from one of our Kickstarter backers. We had one level, one person allowed to do it one time. Uh, Brian Benson was very generous, backed us on the Kickstarter for the video show. If you haven't checked out the video show you're behind we're about halfway through and they're amazing but you're it's not too late you can go check them out go to swordandlaser.com slash video uh brian benson who is an author and was very polite about like i don't really i don't want to like piss people off and pick my own book but i would like people to know about my book and can i do that and i was like what if we do pick a different book that's not yours for the pick and we'll make your book the alternate pick 
So you get a little something out of it. Uh, so that's what we're doing. And he wanted to pick A Dance of Cloaks by David Dalglish. Uh, David Dalglish is the author of the Half-Orc series and the Shadow Dance series, as well as the Paladins. Uh, this book, Dance of Cloaks, is from the Shadow Dance series. It's the first book in that series. Uh, he was born in Fort Lauderdale, raised in Purdy, Missouri, a small town in Missouri. You know, a small town in the Midwest. I have a, <laughs> a soft spot for that. Has a dog named Asimov. Um, and he started as a self-published author. He uploaded his first book in February 2010. He was working at a Pizza Hut. I also worked at a Pizza Hut. So You guys are like brothers. Yeah, man. Uh, he got a publishing deal. Oh, that's where our fates depart. Uh, he got a publishing deal in February 2013, which was great. Uh, he had offers before that, but because of some weird choices with agents that he had made previously, he had to turn down those offers. But he finally figured it out, got the publishing deal in February. Uh, he cites influences from R.A. Salvatore, the old Dragonlance novels, Weiss and Hickman. Dance of Cloaks is, like I said, first in the series, uh, but he does have a novella that predates this called Cloak and Spider. And it is the story of Heron the Watcher as he rises from the son of the famed thief Thren Felhorn to become the scourge of the underworld in a city full of treachery, murder, and betrayal. And I mean, this this city is full of those things. I oh, yeah. It is a dark, have you started dark to read? place. Uh, I have. Yeah. Yeah. I have. And how many daggers does that woman have to throw? All of the daggers. She, she's like, she must have just a belt made of daggers because she's throwing daggers all day long she's at the beginning outfit, of this book. An outfit made of daggers. <laughs> Her dress is made of daggers. That's, I mean, that's not even a criticism. That's the only thing where I'm like, whoa, she's still throwing daggers now, but I actually really enjoy this. It's a good adventure. So this might be another uh, quasi violent one. Sorry, Tristan. Um, not, but it's, it's yeah. not quite as it's not, it's not as bad as altered carbon yet. I'm not yeah. I'm not through the book yet. Um, but yeah, it's not it's it's not a peaceful book. Not a pe- it's not relaxing. There's a lot of fights. It's, I mean, it's pretty much been ninety percent fights so far. It's action packed. It is very action packed. I, I do like the characters already. Um, but yeah, it's 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 an intense one. It is. It feels very along the lines of. Kind of feels like a Scott Lynch slash Joe Abercrombie. Um, Interesting. Yeah. In the I can totally see that. Of like that. some of the characters very much have that Scott Lynch swagger mm-hmm. to them. Uh, but yes, it's got the grittiness. Not that Scott Lynch can't be gritty sometimes for sure, but Joe Abercrombie is like king of grit. And, and this has got leans into that Joe Abercrombie type of grit, that Joe Abercrombie brand. <laughs> you go to the store and you buy that Joe Abercrombie, Abercrombie brand grit. Yeah. It'll get stuck under your nails. Now, speaking of brand. You rip someone's throat out with your teeth. <laughs> the you alternate pick for the month is Brian Benson's Brand. It's a fast-paced fantasy action novel with some steampunk tendencies. First book in the Order of Luminan series. Uh, and we will have Brian on at the end of the month for our wrap-up episode to talk about Dance of Cloaks as well as his own book. Yeah, I got to add this to um, the bookshelf. I forgot to add the alt. Oh, yeah. It's an official. This isn't a rebel pick. Is that no renegade stuff? Yeah, we have it. There we go. Okay, cool. Did you do that? I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm doing it as we we speak. She said. That is what I said. No, I mean literally because you're saying it. I'm saying it right now. That's what you said. I'm saying that. I'm saying that. Um, Adding it. All right. Anyway, um, I'll do that after because I don't need to do that right now. Um, So let's move on to Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Woo! Our first post um, is about 
I, I like these threads. I always think they're a lot of fun. Which real world companions would accompany you on a fantasy world quest? This yes. is started by Dustin. Totally, um, totally agree. Please do this kind of like, try not to do ones that people have done before because there have been a lot of them. But yeah. whenever somebody comes up with a new one of these, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is fun. I always think it's fun. Yeah. If you had to journey to Mordor or go in search of some magic relic, this is by Dustin, or defeat a dark lord, uh, who from our world would you bring along? Let's say which five or fewer people or pets. Also, what three items from this world would you pack? I like Rick's first answer. Skill team six. <laughs> yeah. No, Rick might have the best answer. I, I don't mean any disrespect to Sebastian or Stuart or Andrew P or Ty or any of the people, but I feel like this is some of our less inventive answers mm-hmm. here. Hey, they're not bad. Like I would take Kevin and my cousin Carl. Okay. My wife. Yes. Fine. I totally get that. Uh, I would take Chuck Norris because that's all I'd need. Funny, granted, Ty. Jack Bauer, not a Darwin, real person. That's another not a real person. person. Darwin, you're just you're just you're incepting fiction inside of fiction here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'd Chuck Norris like, is like kind bring, of. Uh, I'd bring my husband because I'd want him to stay alive. Well, see, so you're going that route. Okay, uh, we've been not all the way, and then sure. I would okay. bring. Right. I'll bring um, Survivor Man, the guy who's Survivor Man. I don't know his name. Not Bear Grylls, the other guy who's Survivor Man. Survivor, like the show, the yeah, TV show? Yeah, the show, the TV show. Oh, I never, I never, never, I've probably watched two or three episodes entirely of oh. ever. I don't think I've watched a single episode. I just have seen You just promos. know of this guy. Okay. And he's the guy wow. and he knows how to survive outdoors. So I'm going to bring him. All right. That's fair. And then I'd bring. That's it. That's it. You just bring Survivor yeah, Man and maybe, Ryan. No, maybe just Survivor Man. No, you got to bring Ryan. I don't Come have on. to. You should. Well, I don't really know how good he'd be in this kind of situation. He's a computer well, guy. You need to bring him along, though. Well, I mean, it doesn't say that if I don't bring people, they're going to die in the real world. Oh, so you're... Th- okay, no, I'm getting it now. You leave him behind to protect him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. That makes that, perfect sense. Yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's what I meant. I No, you're right. If you had to journey to Mordor, you would not take any of your loved ones. No. That is incredibly reckless, Stuart, taking your wife to Mordor. What's wrong with you? Well, because he says his wife has great insight and strength. Okay, I like to, Now I want to know his nephew, Kevin, and his cousin, Carl. <laughs> well, I would describe in similar fashion. He's got a great, amazing relatives. He's That's why. Yeah. Stuart, actually, I take it all back. I'm just criticizing because I don't have such amazing relatives as you do. Andrew P. says he's going to bring Bear Grylls. So fine. He can, bring, <laughs> he can bring Bear Grylls and I'll bring along Survivor Man. I would bring Caesar Milan. Why, the you, t- why, you, why are you tapping your fingers while you say that? <laughs> I was waiting for your reaction. Oh. Wait, Caesar Milan, the animal trainer? Yeah, the dog whisperer. I would, but I, I bet he could do orcs the same way he does dogs. No. I don't think yeah. his techniques are very he's good. He's a pack leader. As a person who trains Works dogs are pack in real animals. life, I don't know. He's, I, yeah, okay, maybe. I don't buy no. it. I think okay. he's a phony. No, he's not. I know he's not a phony. You like know he's, him personally? No, I don't know him personally. Fine. Well, I know you live in L.A. now, so I'm that he's like <laughs> He your, trained my dog. your next-door neighbor? Yes. Caesar, come here. You're biased. Don't treat him like a dog. Don't tell him to come. <laughs> Caesar, come. Come what? front. Oh, I just almost called you Ryan because that's the <laughs> voice I use when I'm yelling at people. <laughs> Ryan! Uh, uh, so, okay, I take it all back. I was about to, to criticize this thread for not coming up with innovative answers, and yet here we are not coming up with any innovative answers. 
<laughs> it's harder than it looks. Yeah. All right. Get in there and comment, ladies Get and gentlemen. Get in there and comment. Let's see some. Let's see some some more fun ideas. I love yes, it. Matthew uh, recently read Fragile Things and Smoke and Mirrors and absolutely love them. They are anthologies. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm curious. Was it because I'm a big Neil Gaiman fan who edited, or?" Is it because I like short stories? I'd guess both, but I need more data. So I was wondering if anyone could recommend a good anthology of short stories, either sci-fi or fantasy or both. Yeah. And I mean, of course, there is our anthology, which is upcoming, uh, but not out yet. But there's a lot of great suggestions in this thread for for stuff, um, including a lot of people are recommending um, Legends, Legends 2, Warriors, uh, Demons and Dreams, The Best of Fantasy and Horror, um, Gosh, Every, I, I think mean, I had the that, George R. Actually. Martin Duncan Egg stories came in Legends, Legends Two, and right, Warriors. Right, right. So that, that's one of the reasons for those. Uh, yeah, we're, there are a ton of really good Wastelands stories of the Apocalypse. Uh, I've read that one. That one's really good. the uh, The Apocalypse Reader is one I haven't seen mentioned, which is similar to Wastelands. Uh, Machine of Death. Yeah, Machine of Death, super good. Um, yeah, so there, all there's the so, ways. So, much, so much competition for us out there in the world. That is fantastic. Well, I don't know if you saw the, the very last post in the thread yet. No, I didn't. Is it you? You should scroll down is to the me? bottom of that thread. It's not you. Oh, no. Tom says there's this weird anthology combining fantasy and science fiction stories for mostly unknown authors coming out around May 1st that you might look into. Can't remember the name. You might look into that because it might actually uh, be being shipped soon to the Kickstarter backers mm-hmm. uh, and pretty much all of the authors have gotten their copies and I cannot wait to say that you can buy it. I know the cover looks amazing. The, the high res version of the cover and the latest the, edition. The book <laughs> is just like, yeah, once the high res cover, cause we, we made a like really low res galley copy for ourselves to just kind of page through. Mm-hmm. And it was like, Oh yeah, it looks good. Whoa. When the high res version came and then you wow. like cracked it open, like the stories are still as good, but they just felt better. Like just felt like a book. Felt and it is a book. Yep. Yeah. And it has a real back cover now. I know too, a bunch of the authors way. have been tweeting about it as well. Uh, so I'm glad to see that they're happy about it. Absolutely. All right, let's jump into some emails. Um, we have this one from Stefan, who says, Hey, Tom and Veronica, listener hey, from Stephane. Bosnia here. Uh, since you're reading Altered Carbon, I'd like to weigh in. Kovac, which is a transliteration of Kovac with the little doot-doot over the mm-hmm. C. little doot-doot. A diacritical mark over the C. That's it. Uh, the last letter is read like a ch sound, like in cheap, chore, or champion. The A is more like an ah sound rather than a, Lots. like I or A-Y. Like the second A in large. No, there's only one A in large. But you know what I mean. And <laughs> <It's already low. laughs> Kovac means Smith. So there you go. Takeshi Kovac, Warrior, Warrior Smith. Smith. Nice. Not chiding you for the pronunciation, by the way. I just found that this was an appropriate excuse to contact you. Love the show, and I hope it keeps going strong for years to come. All the best, Stefan. P.S. I hope, rather arrogantly, that this email gets picked up for the podcast because I would absolutely love to hear Veronica mispronounce my name because I find it quite charming. Sure, Stefan. Yay! Because you did it no, both maybe. ways. So, so one, one of the ways you wrong. said it has to be wrong, right? Stefan. Possibly both. Stefan. What up, Steph? Uh, yes. Kovac. So it'd be K-O-B-A upside down H in Cyrillic. Okay. Okay. Kovac. Okay. You read the next email. Oh, we have another one? Wow. Yeah. Nice. Oh, you look at the lineup? 
It's an embarrassment of riches. Ryan writes, uh, not... Uh, not my husband. Not your husband. He does not hey, listen to the show. Hey, Sergeant Laser. Neither does Eileen. I need some help. I'm trying to find a book I read once upon a time. It has to do with the Earth's rotation stopping, I think because of an asteroid strike, and is an adventure set in what remains of civilization. I want to say it's by Navarro, but can't find any hints of it anywhere. Does this ring a bell? Audience? Anybody out there? A little tip of my tongue action over here on Sword and Laser? Um, I would say definitely post to Goodreads if, if... you know, and, and, and see if people out there have something to say. Cause yeah, yeah. Or email or email to us and we can talk about it in the next episode if we get. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm just thinking that way he might get his answer faster. Uh, but yeah. All right. When you search the entire text of his email on Google, cause sometimes that works. You just never know. Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't work this time. The first result is three sources of the Obama administration archives. So that's that's not the... Uh, that is not it, I don't think. Also, a Russian site called Kniga.co uh, with a review of Daniel Abraham and, um, well, Ty, but, but actually James S.A. Corey's Leviathan Wakes. That's weird. Yeah. That is- and the Brothers Judd blog, June 2008 Archives. That's this weird. is just a really odd series of search results. The internet's weird. All right. Uh, on that note, another weird place you can visit is boingboing.net slash category slash podcasts, which will lead you to many interesting and fantastic shows, including Sword and Laser. Uh, so make sure you check out all the other shows over on the Boing Boing Podcast Network. They are fantastic. And Yay. if you want to get in touch with us, the email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on Goodreads. And if you want to call and leave a voicemail, the phone number is 4 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there! Mankind was denied the stars. All attempts to break the speed of light failed horribly, until one small ship, faced with certain death, again dared the impossible. An unprepared crew, trapped around a dying sun, beneath a sea of alien stars, and they're not alone. Read or listen to this serialized science fiction adventure at servingworlds.com. Welcome to Far Lost.